Hi everyone, Robbie here. I'm pleased to announce my third novel titled Underneath. Pre-orders are live now, with the book releasing on Monday, November 25th. Here's a description. Mary Jensen, a trained medic, needs a new start, and she's getting one at Research Station Tau in remote Antarctica. Called in as an emergency replacement, Mary soon finds out Tau's mission, to find a lost elementary particle deep down in the ice. Dr. Ian Schuller, the station lead, thinks the particle is the key to humanity's evolution. As they drill into the ice, complications arise, and Mary starts to worry about his sanity. As he pushes harder and harder for results, the group begins to fracture. And then the hallucinations start. Something is in the ice, and it is changing them. Now Mary must survive and face what's underneath. Underneath is great for fans of The Thing, The Terror, or body horror in general. It also makes a great gift for the horror fan in your life for the holidays. You can find a link to purchase it in the show notes or at my website, which is RobbieDorman.com. It's my favorite thing I've written. I'd love for you to check it out. Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm wonderful. This is a very spooky treehouse of horror that's not actually all that spooky. No, not really. It's more zany than anything. Yeah, it's it's more of a what if than anything else. Although if you find the island of Dr. Moreau very horror-esque, uh, you might find part of this episode horror, but not really. Hey, we're going to... I Yeah. 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 Uh, hi, guys. We are brought to you by our supporters. We are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash the show for only $2 a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content. Uh, all bun- whole bunch of stuff on there. I encourage everyone to check it out. We do appreciate everyone who supports us through there. Helps us pay the hosting costs. Keep the lights on. We really appreciate it. This week's episode is Treehouse of Horror 13. Episode D-A-B-F-19. Originally aired November 3rd, 2002. Written by... In order, Bark Wilmore, Brian Kelly, and Kevin Curran, and directed by David Silverman. Uh, received a 8.8 rating, which is approximately 16.7 million viewers. Uh, no comparative information. It did very well because it was season premiere of season 14. We're in season 14, man. We're almost halfway. Oh, boy. Almost halfway. But they're, they're still bringing out new ones, so, you know. Well, we're moving much faster than they do. By the end of next year, we'll be over halfway done. Oh my goodness! And then just another six or so years of and this. We'll, we'll keep making progress. We're gonna we're catching up to the future very quickly. Okay, it's just a matter of time. They can't. We're they... catching up to the future. What a beautiful way to put that. <laughs> yes. Uh, this episode guest stars Maggie Roswell as Maud Flanders, which is weird to me that this because Maggie Roswell got fired basically because she wanted more money. How dare she want money to actually make so she actually make a profit on coming she to record? Was, it wasn't that much more extra money too. We, we I we touched on it when she got in that episode. Yeah. Um, and then they kill off Maud in a terrible, terrible way, which made me very angry. And uh, then they bring her back periodically. Just Maud shows up as a ghost sometimes now. Well, yeah. Which is the weird thing is that's all she ever came back for in the first place. So. This almost makes me feel like somebody who pushed Maggie Roswell out for wanting more money got fired or moved on to something else. And then they were like, well, we could bring her back as a special guest star. We have a different budget for that because accounting is a horrible, weird science. 
Uh, and they're like, okay, sure, why not? I don't know. It's just very strange considering it wasn't even that. It was like two seasons before this that they killed Maud. So I, I, I really don't know. Um, but the episode begins with the ghost of Maud Flanders, basically, because for the intro to it's not really a frame narrative they they don't do that anymore but it is like the intro sequence there's there's no couch gag or, or graveyard stuff there is only flat ned and the simpsons doing like a seance to summon maud and it turns out like she's a demon or something a ghost demon yeah it's like she's evil and she wants to torture them blah blah, blah. so she tortures them with scary stories that's basically the premise for this one is these are all terrible visions given in by the devil mod or mod de- demon or something. Uh, the yeah, fr- mod demon. Mod right. demon's fine. Uh, we get the first one is send in the clones, which is not inherently a very scary. It's not. This is like, I guess the closest is multiplicity. I'm pretty sure it is basically multiplicity because they do seem to get dumber each time that a copy is made. So that would work out because I mean, there's a point in this where the clones start making clones of themselves and we get like a Peter Griffin and a Homer from the Tracy Ullman shorts and, and things like that. Right. So it's the closest one. It's that's the kind of, if you're looking for a pop culture comparison point, that seems to be the closest. Um, but basically, Homer is trying to avoid chores. Marge gives him a long list of things, uh, ends up breaking his hammock. While trying to do that, so he goes and encounters a spooky hammock man. Oh! Hammocks! Get your hammocks! The hammock man! I'm glad he's a little early today. The price is $10, but I must warn you, this is no ordinary hammock. Its webbing is a mesh of comfort and evil. You had me at comfort. (laughs) Mr. Hammock? Say hello to Madam Ass. What the? It made another me. How cool is that? Hmm, no belly button. Shuttle's in the hangar. You want to be my slave? Outstanding. I feel like this raises several questions. Uh, obviously, this other Homer is dumber than regular Homer. And now, is there an absolute uh, drop in intelligence? So if a really smart person jumped into the hammock and their doppelganger would come out only a little less intelligent? Or do are all clones uh, mentally deficient to the point of, you know, not fitting in with society? My guess, Matt, is that they're just dumber than whoever, just some, a dumber version of whoever went through the hammock. Makes sense then. All right. So we get all the smartest people. We clone them and they'll still be smarter than everyone else. So, hey, the world is better. I had an idea for making the world better, but it does not involve a cloning hammock. Oh, well, then, I mean, obviously you're wrong. Then. It involves a vanishing hammock. That's even better. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's that's... like, oh, you're a Nazi into the vanishing hammock. <laughs> into the vanishing hammock. You just disappear. Um, I, I, I think, yeah, this... The premise is we. I mean, it kind of sets up the stakes right away. It's like okay, Homer can clone himself. Uh, they don't have belly buttons, otherwise, and they're dumber, but otherwise they're the same. You know, and I think it it smartly really kind of sets up. Here's the rules. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to complicate things with like more than that. It's very simple. Like yeah, here's how you tell normal Homer and clone Homer apart uh, visually and by their 
behavior as well. Um, he accidentally kills himself, which we hear, and then uh, he gets the clone to do the chores. And this is kind of the beginning of that escalation, where first we just get one clone, uh, does some chores, then it kills itself, or Homer kills it, depending on how you want to look at it, electrocutes itself. Yeah, I mean, it's it, the thing is, we are basically introduced to these clones only for them to die very quickly. So they they do it so you don't get too attached to them. They're not they, real homers. They seem just they're they they seem they're disposable, you know, and that's the whole point of it. And but Homer trying to get rid of the body realizes he needs help, so he clones himself again, and then he makes more clones, and then you see. In this escalation, like it has to happen relatively quickly. Like you look at if you watch uh, Multiplicity, uh, Michael Keaton clones himself once, and then it takes like half an hour for him to get to a third or fourth clone. This is like within thirty seconds. Homer already has made three clones of himself, but those clones are going out and doing things while Homer is doing is basically doing nothing. He is. They are going to help out with the family. They're doing chores, doing all kinds of stuff. What do you think, Homer? Does this make my hips look big? Outfit good. Flatter's butt. Oh, aren't you a dear? Then after World War II, it got kind of quiet. Till Superman challenged FDR to a race around the world. FDR beat him by a furlong. Or so the comic books would have you believe. The truth lies somewhere in between. So we got, we got a few of these vignettes. With the, you know, Homer with the different members of the family, clone Homer's doing chores, all that, et cetera, et cetera. But they're not that dumb. They're just, they can't really speak like a normal human, but they understand social cues. That's true. They they understand how to work. And I mean, they can do relatively simple tasks. But there's a point in this bit where there's 20 of them making breakfast and cleaning the house. So obviously they have some skills. Right. And then, and that's what we see. We see... Uh, the them you know do more and more, and Homer making more and more clones. Uh, we get the first trouble with the clones is when they come back. Uh, with when one comes back with Marge after that little shopping trip we heard, and Marge is uh is offering up sex, and real Homer steps in. Homer, you've been such a sweetheart today. Let's go upstairs and. <laughs> I'll take it from here, Faco. No, uh, uh huh. Why you little? Man, are we evenly matched? Me concur. It would take three clones to beat the original Homer. I mean four. Oh, suckers! It definitely would take four, because obviously there's. Very little brain power to put together from the clones. Well, I mean, and Homer I, himself, really. This does, and I think this is the one. Mo- this is when it starts to introduce a little bit of the horror stuff because it is immediately like, "Oh, I made clones. What happens if they want to? Re- they decide they want to replace me. They can kill me and take over, and no one will be and it, and no one will be the wiser until they find you know dozens of homers. So there's a little bit of the scary stuff going on here. Not a lot. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. There's the the the. You know, the whole idea of cloning, like uh, Netflix just released uh, it was Living With Yourself or something like that. The Paul Rudd comedy in which he clones himself. And it takes an actual real look at the things that are only hinted at in this particular skit. That Paul Rudd, who doesn't like him? Uh, apparently his clone is not a big fan of him. Oh, so Paul Rudd doesn't like Paul Rudd. Apparently. Okay. Um. So Homer 
is is like Matt said, getting a lot of clones. They make breakfast for the whole family. Uh, Flanner stops by to get uh, to borrow a, a chainsaw, and then the clones kill Flanners off screen. We only see them come back with Flanner's head. And this is the this is the big like uh oh kind of reveal where Homer realizes uh oh these clones are are dangerous. I can't keep them around. So he decides to go abandon them in a cornfield uh like a unwanted pet. Oh, I got to get rid of these guys. Now, before I abandon you in this cornfield, does anyone remember the way home? I do. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on. Okay, everyone out. Now to make sure this hammock never troubles anyone again. Guys, it's totally okay to abandon your unuseful clones, dangerous clones in a cornfield. Do not abandon your pets in a cornfield. Take them to animal services where somebody else can adopt them. They're not like clones. Pets have value. (laughs) Are you saying clones don't have value? I'm exactly saying that. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, this is. Uh, I I would just say shoot all of the clones. If you're going to shoot one, just go ahead. Do them all. He it's, only has so many bullets, Robbie. Come on. You can buy more bullets. Bullets are cheap. That's not true. Bullets are actually expensive. Um, it depends on what kind, but yeah. I mean, if he's using... They look like a shotgun, probably with buckshot. Yeah, shotgun shells are very cheap. If he was using rifle cartridges, then we would be talking about some big money. Was it a shotgun? I mean, we'll see. We'll have to go back and examine the footage, Matt. I'm sure it's... Of course. Um, it's very important. That we- but Homer uh, dumps all but three of the clones who he shot in a cornfield, and then wisely, very wisely, left the cloning hammock behind with them, and very quickly, the, the, the Homer clones start to overrun the world. They are devouring fields like locusts. Uh, I believe they eat Gil down to his bones. Yeah. Uh, and they are soon causing a problem. Uh, Lisa has uh, the answer to that problem, however. Like comedy clubs in the late 80s, these ravenous clones are everywhere. They've destroyed every building in town, except Moe's Tavern, which is reporting record business. Okay. Now, uh, who's going to be picking up the tab? Larry. Anything for homers. Dad, is there something you'd like to tell us about this horde? You'd think so, but no. They look like you? They were rude to Patty and Selma? And the horde has been described as very gassy. Yeah, it's a good group. Currently, the uh, Viet Cong, I mean the uh, Homers, are occupying these areas. By tomorrow... (laughs) Good God, we're doomed! No! We're out of donuts! That's it! I know exactly what we should do. Thank God! And you said we shouldn't let little girls in the war room. Look, I was wrong, okay? So, Lisa's solution. Some uh, some Doctor Strange love-esque jokes in there. Uh, But Lisa's solution is to lure all the homers with giant donuts hung by helicopters and make them jump off a cliff like lemmings. Which, I mean, the homers are dumb, so that, that works. It works. That we see all of the homer, the horde, the homer horde, uh, fo- follow these giant donuts. They fall off the cliff. They all die in the bottom, except for a few that are writhing. And then we get to the end of the first segment, where 
we we have Marge left with only one Homer remaining. Or is it really Homer at all? Thank you, General. That's a big relief. The horde is almost dead. There's still some writhing and twitching, but that should stop by morning. Good news. Mm. One handsome hubby is all I need. <gasps> no belly button? You're a clone. Then the real Homer... First over Cliff. <gasps> My homie's dead? How will I go on? You like back rub? Oh, well. I included the song. I was, I'm very impressed that you did. It was one of the better parts of the, uh, the, you know, skit. Uh, but yes, Marge is left with a clone Homer, which, as we've previously touched on, not that much different than regular Homer. More industrious. That's true. Uh, more kind and giving. We go to commercial. And when we come back, we have the right to keep and bear arms. Uh, unfortunately, there are no bears in this, which, you know, I can only hope Matt, uh, to have, you know, bear arms. Matt, mm. going to have to correct you. It's the fright to creep and scare harms. Oh, OK. Sorry. I, I went with what was originally on it before it got transformed. My B. It's a scary show, remember? Halloween? It's a scary show, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that is the title. Uh, it starts with Bart and Lisa burying a goldfish, Goldie, uh, in the cemetery. And as they are walking out, uh, Lisa sees a, a tombstone or a headstone that basically says, Hey, uh, this is the, the grave of William Bonney, died from a gunshot wound. Uh, I dream of a, girl with, a world without guns. And of course, Lisa, uh, being the pacifist that she is, says, Oh, I dream of that too. She really wishes that guns would go away. However, this is where this first part really worries me a little bit, because I'm pretty sure Lisa would know who William Bonnie is. Perhaps not. Perhaps she's not a fan of the Old West, but that seems like the kind of thing most people should know. I I don't think I would know this information if I hadn't watched this episode when I was a, like, I, I, would, I know this probably by now, if just from general pickup of trivia. But when I was, you know, when this came out, 2002... 15, 16 years old, I'm pretty sure I learned who the real name of Billy the Kid from The Simpsons. So, I, you know. Well, that's good then. I'm not going to blame Lisa for not knowing an eight. (gasps) Fair enough. So, uh, yes, Lisa sees the uh, gravestone and decides that she is going to make a difference. She is going to fulfill his wish. If not for guns, poor William Bonnie might have become a doctor or a senator. A frustrated novelist. (laughs) Sure. The point is, let's stop the madness and ban guns now! The girl's right! I'm sorry, I can't live without passion. So yes, at this point, the whole town is in favor of it, uh, because that's what's required for the whole, you know, bit to work. Uh, Even the rich Texan, who is constantly shooting off his guns. So, everyone does it. The whole the measure gets passed. Uh, Quibi passes the law that says no more guns. Everyone turns in their guns. Even the police. I'm going to skip Lou's joke because it's incredibly tasteless. Uh, but the guns get melted down into playground equipment. Uh, Ralph, you know, gets to slide down the first slide made of recycled guns, which are very poorly recycled because a few of them still go off as he goes down the slide. And Unfortunately, <laughs> go ahead. I would say that. We get some true fantasy here where we a, 
some somewhere in America quickly passes uh, gun reform, gun law reform, and it just no, there's no objections or, or problems. No, no one, no one's like you'll, you know, pry my gun from my cold dead hands or whatever. No one said anything like that. No one was like has an irrational attachment to their guns in Springfield, apparently. Which, sure, this this is this is the weakest of the three to me by far. Well, yeah, for sure. Although does, we'll get to the island of Dr. Hibbert anyway. Uh, it does have Kaiser Wilhelm in it. I'll give it that. That is true. It's very true. So, yes. Uh, unfortunately for Lisa, uh, it turns out that uh, not only was William Bonnie not who he said he was, uh, but he's also a zombie because that's how Halloween episodes work. If only poor William Bonnie were here to see his dream come true. Oh, but I am. William Bonnie? Better known as Billy the Kid. <laughs> Looks like the only guns left are in my cold, dead hands. Now I'd like you to meet the Hole in the Ground gang. Frank and Jesse James. <gasps> the Sundance Kid. <gasps> what happened to Butch Cassidy? What happened to Butch Cassidy? We're not joined at the hip, you know. And the most evil German of all time, Kaiser Wilhelm. Huh? He ain't a cowboy. Sure I am. Skippy, rippy, rippy. Okay, he's in. Now let's rob the bank, give the money to the poor, then rob the poor and shoot the money. That shooting the money part is very important to their plans somehow. Yippee, whippy. In the Kaiser, the Kaiser does make me laugh. I don't. I think this this second this second segment is pretty dumb, uh, but I will. I do laugh at the Kaiser in particular, uh, and Yippy Whippies, and that I will take that. Uh, I will say, I'll, I'll give a small golf clap for Yippy Whippy. It's very important for Yippy Whippies. Not not Everyone a cow- Yippie He's Whippie. not a cowboy, Matt. Oh yes, I am. Yippy Whippy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, can I say yippee whippy uh, one more time? If you want to, the gang uh, basically terrorizes the entire town. Uh, they go crazy. Uh, they you know make everyone have a tough time. They're shooting things up. Most tavern is a mess. The whole Simpsons family is there. Homer is forced to play the piano, and Marge. Ma- the, hey, uh, hey, hey, Matt. He he's forced to play the player piano. No, he, the style eh, of music eh, he eh. plays is called piano. Thank you. He plays the piano. That's the whole joke. No, no. Again, he plays the piano, but the style is called piano. Uh, uh, uh. He plays the piano. Uh-huh. Whatever, Robbie. Anyway, and you didn't even include this clip, which is very funny. Uh, I know, I know. Uh, the uh, Bart and Lisa are required to sing two different songs to the same music, and basically everyone's just having a rough time. Uh, luckily for them, Oppressor Frank has invented a time machine, so he grabs, of all people, Homer and sends him back in time to stop this from happening. Uh, of course, we have the same problem with the Sims we always do. Homer changes something he's not supposed to, and Professor Frank ends up with an egg beater for a hand. But luckily, that's you know here neither here nor there. That's an alternate timeline. Now, in our timeline, Homer goes back, and right before the town bans guns, Homer leads them to the uh, cemetery where they double kill these zombies so they don't come back. He basically has everyone fire their guns into, I guess the rotting corpses of the hole in the ground gang uh who do emerge so they were still zombies at this point 
why only they got to be zombies, we don't ever find out. But uh, it works. The town uses their guns to drive off the zombies. So for the first time, good guys with guns did make a difference. I mean, to be fair, there's I would say that they kind of do counteract the whole message about guns being good by the end of the, by the end of the segment where future Homer, far future Homer comes back. Yeah. To try and save them from gun violence. And then he gets shot by Mo, of course, uh, who says that he's going to get some caveman hookers. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Me neither. I guess it is the world's oldest profession. I suppose. Uh, so yes. And, and that is where we end. Go to commercial. <laughs> Yippee whippee. Uh huh. <laughs> Yippee whippee, Matt. So, uh, we get to the third segment. It is The Island of Dr. Hibbert, which is a direct parody of Island of Dr. Moreau, a novel originally by H.G. Wells, which I don't think has ever been adapted well, ever. No, because it's so difficult. It's very much a product of a time back when vivisection was a thing. Because the original Island of Dr. Moreau came out in the early 20th century. And the methods that H.G. Wells proposed to you know splice humans and animals were just laughably obtuse. And no, just, just no. Uh, but now that we have that kind of thing, everyone wants to introduce these technologies into the adaptation. And it usually does not go well. This is actually... One of the places, one of the times it has been tried to made that it makes the most sense because we don't actually get into it. And that works better for me. I, yeah, I, I don't, it's the, the novel I think can work, but it, it works more as a, like a fear, uh, thematically fear of, uh, of our, you know, our baser instincts and fear of science and stuff like that, that can work, but Almost all the adaptations have kind of misunderstood all that and made them just dumb monster movies, which doesn't really make much sense. Uh, this works because it's making fun of all that. Uh, I, I I still think it it's okay. Uh, if you're looking for, I would say, A Heart of a Dog by Mikhail Bulgohoff. It's a book. I it I do I like that a lot. If you're looking for a like hybrid animal human look on culture and stuff like that I, and nature of humanity i would suggest reading that if you're interested um but this is basically island of dr moreau but with dr hibbert which makes sense uh, a little bit of jurassic park mixed in there too and king kong there's a lot of you know because of the island and stuff like that uh we start off with the family helicoptering to this island that looks like a skull with eyes on fire i believe where's the mouth i believe it's the eyes the eyes are on fire okay uh, they land, and they meet Dr. Hibbert. Dr. Hibbert? But we heard you'd gone mad. Yes, completely mad. About providing top-notch vacation values. <laughs> Willie, help them with their bags. <laughs> now, he may try to slobber on your crotch. Hey, I've been around Scotsman. Been around Scotsman, man. Uh, Scotsmen are uh, big on the crotch slobbering, apparently. <laughs> um... So we kind of see the family. This is painted as, oh, it's a normal vacation. But then they start seeing all these different people that are kind of crossed with animals. And they start to have questions about all of this. Um, we get a dinner scene uh, with Dr. Hibbert where we they first kind of notice something's going wrong. Can you recommend some activities? Well, one activity you might enjoy is not asking questions. <laughs> 
But man's inquisitive nature is what separates us from the animals. And why must we be separated, damn it? Think what Shakespeare might have accomplished if he'd had the eyes of an eagle. Or could spray stink on his critics. Now, who'd like some turkey? It's a lovely nerd. <laughs> I mean bird. Uh, th th which this I did not include the long bit of Dr. Frank as a turkey getting killed. Yeah, that was a bitch much. Because it doesn't make any sense. Like, if he's been cooked, he's absolutely not going to still be alive. Yeah. But whatever. Um, but at this point, we see Marge start to get a little curious, a little bit suspicious, and she goes investigating. Homie, something very creepy is going on here. You mean they're going to try to sell us timeshares? I think I'm going to do a little sleuthing. Bring back some ice. This must be where you pay the bill. <laughs> Why am I always so funny when no one's around? <laughs> oh, I'm around. Well, that's not creepy at all. Oh, wait, yes, it is. Yeah, and I think that's where this, that, you know, this is, I, I think this is the scariest of the three. If you're like, oh, for sure, this is the, the creepiest one. I, I don't know if I'd call it scary, but the most horror based. Yeah, and like you get, and this is kind of getting back into like the fear of science, fear of mad scientists and crazy doctors and all that stuff. Um, but we, Doctor Herbert takes Marge, and when she comes back to Homer's in their in her room, she now looks like a cat, uh, but blue, like a blue panther, basically. Uh, she has very noisy sex with Homer, uh, and I. I think this is the creepiest one. I think this is also the least funny of the three. Yeah, because it's not really meant to be funny. It's more along the lines of it's designed to creep you out a little bit. And they, they try in a few spots to be funny, but it just, nah. Yeah, it, it looks, it's a little, you know, it, it's also, it's weird. And I don't, I don't necessarily mind that in my Triassic of Horror, especially when the other two are definitely more funny ones. And this is the one that's supposed to be like actually a little bit scary. Um, but she has sex with Homer. She runs off. Um, Homer is trying to investigate himself, trying to figure out what's going on. We encounter Ned, who is now like a cow centaur, which, Matt, why is he a lady cow? Because the people who wrote this think that we don't understand that only female cows give milk and only cows who have given birth give milk. I'm just conf I just like I mean if he was a bull I get it but again they, they just want they really just want Homer to milk Ned that's what they they, they turned they came up with a joke where Homer has to milk Ned and that's what he does um Homer milks him and so Ned helps him and takes him to like kind of a a meeting of all the different animal people all the the like a bunch of characters a bunch of characters from Springfield, all different in different animals, and that's I think the, like a really big strength of this segment in particular is visually, like that you have all these different designs for all these established characters, like dozens of of different uh, Springfieldians, all as different animals now, and uh, they are kind of they're having a meeting talking about Doctor Hibbert. Homer is also there, and, and this is basically how the episode ends. Hear me, accursed brethren. I understand that some of you are still wearing tattered pants. Please throw them on the bonfire and embrace your animal essence. Okay, but I'm keeping the tattered vest. I still have my dignity. Hey, slops! Ooh, a toenail! 
I can't believe it. Hibberts turn you all into human guinea pigs. We prefer Italian-American pigs. Hey, Dad, check it out. Eat my... Shorts! Why, you little... We were just playing. What game? Let's eat Maggie. Yeah! Manimals! Invertebrates! You must fight back against the one who did this to you. Yar! The half man, half gorilla speaks the truth. <laughs> <laughs> now, I admit I made a few mistakes, but all in the name of progress. Here, here. It's Mr. Burns. With a fox attitude. Think about it, my hideous children. Aren't you better off now than you were as humans? Meg Gusto Paul and Disco Shrew can steal Boogaloo. <laughs> All you can do is eat and sleep and mate and roll around in your own filth and mate and eat. Where do I sign up? I mean, that does sound like Homer's thing, really, is, you know, something like that. The problem is that, you know. Uh, you can do that as a human? Yes, exactly. And then not give up your, you know. Legs? Your desire for culture and, you know, scientific progress, et cetera, et cetera. Homer becomes a walrus. Uh, we cut to all the people as animals, like, lounging around a pool in this basically a tropical paradise. Homer's a walrus, and they just spend the rest of their days at Dr. Hibbert's resort. And that's how uh, we – that's the end of that segment. And then we get a very brief appearance that wraps up the episode of King and Codus observing that Dr. Hibbert's skull island looks like their number four. It's basically just to get Kang and Kodos in the episode. Yeah, it's really. I think they, that was a last second addition uh, just to get them in to keep up the tradition, which eventually they have dropped. Um, I don't know. I I, I, I I like the Doctor Island of Dr. Herbert one because it is a creepier one. I don't think it is as funny as the other two, but I don't know. Sometimes I like the Trials of Horror stuff that's not necessarily super funny. Sometimes I like it being a little scary or creepy. Uh, and and to be fair, there's a good variety here. There is. There really is. Like uh, that's the one thing about this episode that I feel is, is you know well across because you have the really silly one that's based on a you know a weird uh, movie multiplicity, and then you have the one that's about uh, the message one, which is about gun violence, and then you have the creepy one that's based on classic literature. Which generally, when the Simpsons do classic literature, especially in Three Hours of Horror episodes, they do a pretty good job, and I think they follow through with that here. It's just the other ones are just not as interesting i guess and these are way as a whole this is a dramatic improvement from any of the scully or trials of horrors oh for sure because this is the first one uh since the end of scully's reign of terror and you can none of these three are like amazing but all of them are satisfactory and funny in parts and they are competent which is not what, what, like, again, like most of the Scullier stuff is not what you can't say that about most of it. Um, we'll rank them at the end of the show. Am I going to have to remind you every episode, Matt? I'm pretty sure. Robbie, is this episode broken? No, it's not broken. There's no. I didn't think so. I, it's, I don't know why, why I had to ask for this one. This one's fine. You have to ask every time. All right. That's the, that's the trick. No, it's not broken. It's true. It's hard and they work fine. There's nothing nothing wrong with any of them. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It is time for comments of the newsroom. Okay, here we are. 
alt.nerd.obsessive. Cost News Group is where I look through the alt. Not, oh, uh uh-uh, uh, no, Robbie. I look through the nohomers.net forum after an episode has debuted and see what people thought of the episode. Uh, good, bad, indifferent, terrible, great. All those different things. Um, again, largely, this episode was enjoyed. Most people thought it was good to great, to even perfect. Well, I guess there's something to be said for Stockholm Syndrome. That's not – this is a good episode, Matt. Or, you know, it's solid. You don't I, – I don't mind people That's giving – That's true. It's... Majority of this – majority was 4 out of 5 with 40%. Uh, we got just about 14% give it a 5 out of 5 and 33% giving it a 3 out of 5. A measly like 13% give it a 2 or a 1 out of 5. Um, some reviews from some people. Uh, first is, I was pleasantly surprised by the year's installment. Clones is the best. Uh, it is definitely hilarious. My favorite parts were Gil and uh, the Omen era Homer. Uh the fright to scare harms was average wasn't as bad as i thought it would be some parts are pretty funny the overall story was weak dr herbert was also very good analyzed characters were my favorite part it was pretty funny throughout only complaints for the crappy mod beginning and the complete ways of king godos a much better episode than the past two or three shells of ours but not a classic which is basically my thoughts um uh, n- next up uh sending the clones 8.5 out of 10 best segment of this trails of horror Seeing them fall down the gorge was freaking hilarious. Seeing Ullman era Homer was great too. A 5 out of 10 for right to keep and scare harms. Definitely the worst of the bunch. I uh, laughed at the parts of the double kill and all that. Seems so derivative of other Shalesara segments. Particular time of punishment Dalsy for zombie. Which is absolutely true. And the, probably the my biggest complaint about it is that it's very similar to past Trials of Horrors. Uh, oh, the, yeah. Finally, 6.5 out of 10 for Island of Dr. Hibbert. Very funny with abrupt ending. Seeing them in animal form was very amusing. King Code experience was wasted. Uh, the segment, along with the previous one, lacked coherent plot. Eh, lacked, yeah, I think they have enough. Uh, give it a 6 out of 10 or 3 out of 5 out of overall. Animation is nicely done. It's nice to see that David Silverman hasn't lost his directing touch. The recent Chaos of Horrors have been a bit lacking, to say the least. And finally, a very, sh- a very short review this was an absolute disgust i laughed once at seeing peter and 80s homer one out of five i don't know what they want out of a chance of horror but one out of five seems pretty harsh for real i mean i wouldn't i don't even think i'd give any of the scully era as far as one out of five especially the one thing he laughed at was peter griffin and the tracy ullman homer like dude there was much fairer things than that in this i don't know i think it's i think the reviews of this were generally pretty fair Pretty aligned with ours, which of course is the ultimate arbiter of what good taste is, if it aligns with mine. If someone agrees with me, Matt, they're right. If they don't, they're wrong. Exactly correct. Exactly. That's and, if, it. and if you disagree and you want to hash it out, then all right, we can fight it out. I, I don't know if I go that far. I really don't want to fight. I'm a man of peace. I mean, I'm willing to fight as long as the weapons are sausages. What? It's the only true dual weapon, Robbie, is sausages. Preferably vegan sausages. That's not... Is that really a sausage anymore? It is. I'm pretty sure sausage is defined by having meat in it. No, no, no. no. Sausage is by the flavor. If it tastes like a sausage, it is a sausage. Uh, A sausage is meat encased in animal skin. I mean, it's also plant matter encased in more plant matter. No, that's absolutely... That's sausage-like. I would not call it a sausage. I'm going to be sausage like objects. I'm going to be a nitpicker here. I don't. You will be a nitpicker. Hey, hey, I have never known you to be pedantic. 
pedantic? Is that when I got a big butt and I'm pedantic at the same time? No, Robbie, that's just how you pronounce P-E-D-A-N-T-I-C. It's obviously pedantic. <laughs> I'm going to be pedantic and say that you're saying that wrong as well. I mean, feel free, but, you know, we all know you're wrong. Who's we? You got a mouse in your pocket? Uh, me and the listeners, obviously. Okay. They're all on my side. Good to know that you know this. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. We move on. We're next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite moment from season 13? Kind of some slim pickings here, Matt. Yeah, it's pretty rough. I think there's some reticence from our listeners because they just didn't know what to pick. Because there's not a lot of not a lot of great stuff to pick from in season 13. <laughs> there are a few moments, luckily, that are okay, but yeah. Yeah, um, but I do appreciate everyone who took the time. Uh, first, Mike, Homer, drunk. See, the thing about my family is there's five of us. Marge, Bart, girl Bart, the one who can't talk, and the fat guy. How I loathe him pretty good from brandon i'd say homer listing all his jobs and papa's got a brand new badge it's the most memorable i can't imagine how long the list would be now uh my god it would take it would take like the entire episode homer listing all his jobs oh, up, to, god, up, yeah. to, up to the day uh they hey there's even a joke about that in the most recent episode in lisa's play that's true yeah she makes it they make everyone knows it everyone knows it uh from jeff uh buck I'll show you a trick that you can use on dogs. Also worked on David O. Selznick. Who? Yeah, that's right. The David O. Selznick. <laughs> uh, from Nick, the very end of Last is Gun in the West when Buck goes home and does normal chores around his property. Makes me laugh. Uh, Joey, Weekend at Burnsies. It's not a gang. It's a murder of crows. It's a, a group of crows. It's called a murder. Uh, Adam Sands everything involving Stan Lee and I'm Furious Yellow. Uh, Stan Lee came back? Stan Lee never left. And I'm starting to think his mind is no longer in mint condition. Aww. Oh, poor Stan Lee. Uh, Alistair Smithers as a snake slowly engulfing Mr. Burns. <laughs> uh, from Lauren, nothing much stands out to me, but I do remember having fond feelings of Jaws Wired Shut. I like that Homer actually acts like a father and a loving husband, at least at some point in this episode. <laughs> grasping at straws there uh from matthew at matt laz 10 13 uh rose and carl and gilden lenny i graduated college with a degree in dramatic lit focusing on shakespeare and while that segment is by no means perfect picturing lenny and carl as rosencrantz and gilden stern high-fiving themselves to death makes me laugh every time yeah that's the highlight of that segment absolutely yeah uh lauren at elkham 88 stanley's cameo and i am furious yellow uh from uh Smuck, Smuck fan 99 SMK fan 99 uh, maybe when Homer fell for Bart's trap and turned into a Hulk in the way from the episode I'm Furious Yellow one of my favorite season 13 episodes Matt what is your answer my answer let me make sure I get the name of the episode right uh, is from oh God, a half decent proposal uh, when Marge refuses Artie's offer at the dance and he just starts dancing like crazy and Wiggum says oh he'll sleep well tonight I don't know why but every time I see that and see Artie's just dancing, I just die laughing. It's so funny to me, and I don't know why. I'm actually going to go with because it's the it, it, 
season 13 does not have a lot of highlights for me. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, for a long time, it was my least favorite season. I don't know if that's true anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> it, for a long time, it was. Uh, I my I think I'm going to go with someone else use the same answer. It is Alistair. The, the joke with uh, Smithers slowly eating Burns and crying as he's doing it. Oh, yeah. At just the noise. He's like... <laughs> I is it makes me like hysterically laugh. Um, I don't know. I like it a lot. I usually pick like a sweet moment, but I think the season thirteen, it's very much like oh, well, it just made me laugh. Laughs are in short supply. Uh, next week's question: uh, What book should they cover in a transfer that they haven't? Ooh. I was going to say, oh. like, what property, but I'm just going to say with books. Books keeps it nice and simple. Um, what books should they cover in Trails of Horror? Old or new? Use your imagination. Post this question on all our social media, facebook.com slash The Simpsons Show Pod, Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. Next up, Matt, we have a clean slate. It is time Ooh. for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. SMRT. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. We are tied 0-0. This is a new season. We're starting fresh. Matt didn't do his homework this, this week, so we don't have a charity for you to, 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 to shill. Not yet. Don't worry, I'll bug him this week. Make sure he actually does his, his homework. So Robbie's very good at that. I'm going to have to dock his paycheck. Yes, my paycheck. That's that's the way this works. I give you. I pay you in love, Matt. Uh huh. Is that how that works? You don't feel it? Not really. No. Can't maybe it gets really maybe it gets intercepted on the way to our, to, to Orlando. Uh huh. Someone must have grabbed it. Whoever got it, they're really lucky. All right. Yeah. Uh, you know that, that sweet podcast and money. Are you ready for? It's just love. Uh, and that's worth way more than any amount of currency. That's true. You ready for an easy question, Matt? Ready. These are all from Cape Fear. What surname do the Simpsons use at Terra Lake? Is the Thompsons. The Thompsons. You're correct. What's my question? Uh, your easy question. And these are all from Treehouse of Horror 4, because I felt like we didn't get enough spookiness. Uh, how is Homer tortured in hell in The Devil and Homer Simpson? Uh, he's fed donuts. That's right. He's also... Used as a bowling ball? That's true, but that's in a deleted scene. Oh, right. I always... That's in... uh one of the shows. Th- yeah. 138th episode Spectacular. That's the one. Yeah. All right. Your medium question, Matt. How many elephants are in the parade Bart sees? Um, 101. What? No. Oh. <laughs> I For some reason, I had in my mind that there's a number like, uh, you know, Terra Lake... Uh, celebrates Hannibal crossing the Alps with 101 elephants for some reason. So. I think there's only six. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm pretty well. sure there's only six elephants, which is still a lot of elephants for a little tiny a town. That's true. It is just, we celebrate Hannibal crossing the Alps, and that's how many elephants. We see the beginning and the end. Because after, all of them step on Sideshow Bob. As far as, 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 as well as, far as we can tell, because he's right in the middle of the road, and an elephant's not going to move and not step on Slideshow Bob. You know, he's very step honorable. Your medium question What candy does Uter offer Bart on the bus? Oh, oh man. 
it, and Bart like pity licks it so that he can get Uter to believe him mm-hmm. and let him let loose his his uh, restraints. It is it's something gross. Uh, it is. Would you like it? Would you like a taste of my? It's some like medic medicinal candy or something. Uh oh, it's like something bar. Uh, I think it's white. How can I know all this information about it and not know what it's called? Um, I don't know. It, they don't say it. Just so you know, it's just a just a picture of it. But he says, "Would you, oh, would you like a bite of my candy?" Is that what he says? He says about my flavor bar, and then he shows him the bag, which has the actual name of it. Oh, this is a medium question? You're killing me. Yeah. Um, Taffy? I'm sorry, it is Marzipan Joy Joys. Marzipan Joy Joys. What is Marzipan? Is Marzipan almond paste? I can't remember. I don't know. That's what I'm asking. I know, I know. I Sugar and honey and almond meal. Almond meal, yep. So let's say almond paste. That sounds good. It really does. It's not, though. It's not good? No, especially this kind of because it says, now, mit iodine. I remember, that was the, the iodine. That's the thing that was throwing me off. I was thinking of iodine. Yeah. All right. You're a hard question, Matt. What is the final score of Homer's fictional Super Bowl 30? Okay. It is, um, I believe, 8 to 56. I would also like the teams, Matt. Oh, dang it. Okay. Um... Broncos, 8, San Francisco, 56. You're very close, Matt. Oh, I know. I'm very close. Now you're going to tell me it would be sad. It's 56 to 7. 7. But mm-hmm. doesn't he go in for a, a, a two-point conversion at the end? I just read the scoreboard. It said 56 to 7. All right. Fair enough. Whatever, Simpsons. I That's what I get for trying to inject logic into this. I just I I was on Frankie Ack. I looked at the scoreboard. Homer's dancing in the end zone. It's fifty six to seven. Um, what's my hard question? Your hard question. Who are the jury of the damned? There are five of them. Uh, there. Well, there is Blackbeard. Uh, there is. I want to say Jack the Ripper. Uh, the starting line of the nineteen seventy six Philadelphia Flyers. Um, Lizzie Borden. Um, Genghis Khan. You're you're getting there. Uh, it is uh Richard Nixon, John Wilkes Booth, John Dillinger, Blackbeard, and the starting line of the 1976 Philadelphia Fly. Flyers, man. That's what I said that's not what you said. I burped at the end. So great, cool. No. We are tied one to one after one episode. That's the way it goes sometimes. There's no woman. There's no woman. No. What am I thinking of? I mean, there's Martin Prince playing Lizzie Borden that one time. No, but there's a doesn't isn't a woman re- give the results like when the when the when the judge rules in favor of Homer? Doesn't a woman be? Is, you know, she I reads. So. She reads the results. All right, let me see if I can She's, find it. She says the judge rules that blah blah blah, and it's the judge is like death or something. Soul. Yeah, there's a lady here. I'm looking at the Frankieac. That's what I'm looking to, and I'm trying to figure out why. And there's also like a, is that Napoleon? Is that Napoleon or is no? That's a. Oh, I'm sorry. I went off of the second setup. Uh, after he goes, uh, Richard Nixon. You are correct. It is Lizzie Borden, but it's also Benedict Arnold. Benedict Arnold is the British, the British fella. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. So my bad. Broad Street Bullies, man. 
Is that the starting line of the 1976 Philadelphia Flyers? Correct. They were called the Broad Street Bullies because they beat up people. Uh, the six, the, well, the, the, the Flyers did. They were very brutish fellas back then. A lot more hitting in in the old days of hockey than now. A lot less hitting now. A lot less fighting. It's probably a good thing. No, it's a great thing. I'm fully on board with the, the less fighting in hockey. Does not help the game, in my humble opinion. So, Matt, is, we are still tied. But there is – I was right about Lizzie Borden, which is all that matters. It's true. You were correct. You corrected me on my hard question, Robbie. Congratulations. I get three points for that, right? No. One day it's going to work. One day I'll I'll uh, suggest you. I get more points and you'll go, sure, that sounds good, right? Uh-huh. Sure, sure. Okay. Uh, that'll happen. Just keep believing that. Got it. Got to believe that. Uh, that'll do it for trivia this week. We can move on to our uh, final segment. Segment every single episode with it is best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show where man I rank the episodes categories. We watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Except this week we are doing just far rankings, which are on their own separate list. Uh, we will do them in order, starting with send in the clones. I think the strongest on this episode is send in the clones. Where does it go? Hmm. It's it's decent, but it's not really that. It's funny, but it's not. I don't know. I I'm no, looking. I would put it. Go ahead. At number twenty-two, I would wow, put. Wow, actually, I was. I was like, it's it's better than Wizkid. It's definitely Zeke and Zena. And I was trying to remember what is life's a glitch, and then you die. What is that? Which one is that one? I don't remember. Because I don't think it's as good as Genesis Tub. No, I don't think it's as good as Genesis Tub, which is really what I was. Um. Life's a glitch is then you die is uh oh that's the the rocket going to uh, the earth is going to end and so oh, the rocket oh yeah it's yeah it's better than that it is better than that uh but I think they're comparable I think they're pretty close I think this is better than that um but you know if I can't remember it Matt probably says something about its quality but it's not great uh so that's sending the clothes at number twenty two. The next one is the fright to creep and scare harms, which does have a the joke about Weiser, uh, uh, Kaiser Yippie Wilhelm Whippy. Yippy Whippy. All right, I'm going to say Yippy Whippy gets it far uh, decently far from the bottom, but I'm going to say it's probably somewhere around Bad Dream House and Attack of the Fifty Foot Eyesore, somewhere in that area. I would put it right above. I would agree with you 100. We are also on the same page with this one. I would put it right above Bad Dream House, right below Attack of the Fifty Foot Eyesores, because Attack of the Fifty Foot Eyesores has just don't look, just don't look, just don't look. That's your. You are such a good singer, Matt. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm well aware. To creep a pink and scare harms is new number 33 on a ranking. And lastly is the island of Dr. Hibbert, which is fine. It's the scariest of these. I don't know. I think for me, it just gets it right above Fright to Creep and Scare Harms, basically. Yeah, because Attack of the 55 Ice Horse is definitely better. Yeah, there's there is an absolute threshold here where you have almost universally good and entertaining and then below attack of the 50 foot eyesores probably now below this one where you're just like and i would say anything below bad dream house is just bad and then everything that's bad dream house and above is fun and watchable to great yeah 
Like it's you know it's a trailer of horror. It's not there's not a huge separation between them. Like even the worst one, most of the, well, I wouldn't say that, but the most of them are still fun, even the ones that aren't great. Island of Doctor yep. Hibbert. Now is our now replacing Afraid to Creep and Scare Arms. This is now the new number thirty, uh, not thirty three on our list, with the Shinning at number one and Hex in the City last place at thirty nine. Which I couldn't even tell you what Hex in the City is. Uh, I think it's the one with the uh, gypsy who curses Homer. I'm pretty sure that's it. Oh, yeah, that is bad. It was so horrifically offensive, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Alright, well, that's the list. Uh, it is a, it is, this list is, is on our website along with a regular best episode ever list. A uh, bunch of stuff on our website. Encourage you guys to check that out. Uh, including links to our Facebook, link to our Twitter, link to our RSS feed, link to our Patreon. If you want to help throw us a couple bucks, really support the show, really helps us out. Uh, next week's episode, Matt, back to normal episodes. Yay! I you know, it is how I spent my summer vacation, which oh, is oh yeah, the rockstar very gimmicky. The rock, it's yeah, it's the rockstar episode, uh, including has Mick Jagger and Tom Petty. Rest in peace. Oh. Uh, but we'll get we'll get there next week. Uh, watch along with us. Um, that'll do it for this episode. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman, and you can check out my website. It's RobbieDorman.com. You can find everything I do there, including my other podcasts and my books. I have a new book on pre-order. You probably heard an ad for it before this podcast, so I won't go on about it. Uh, but you can also sign up for my newsletter and get uh, links to all my podcasts and links to all my stuff and updates and all that stuff uh news about my projects matt does not participate in social media you will not find him that is correct i have decided that now that the weather has started to turn cool it is time for me to hibernate so i'll be podcasting from a cave uh for a little while so the only way to get in contact with me is to send me ice crystal messages that's right etch your message into an ice crystal and send it my way hopefully it will be the one week of the year when florida is below freezing and it won't melt on the way to me are you gonna triple your body mass yep the goal, anyway. You have to get to work, Matt. I know. Gotta lift some weights. Get the big, the good body mass. Oh, I was just gonna say, you just start eating like macaroni and cheese every day. Nope, nope. You gotta put on muscle, the real good stuff. Carb load. Exactly. Well, uh, protein load first, and then carb load. No, if you want to hibernate, you need, what do you think the bears do? I mean, I assume they build a lot of muscle. I mean, I every gym is full of bears. Are we talking about the same kind of bears? Yes, we are. Okay. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode. Shh.